I'm Lyle Bassouni. I mean, I work, uh, I mean, I'm an electrical engineer specialized in electric propulsion and power electronics. I was part of the Mars helicopter team. That's uh, the first uh, aircraft to fly outside of Earth. I was the power electronic and electrical lead. And I worked on the development of the motor controller and, you know, the electrical side of the motor and the servo controllers and the electrical system which currently the helicopters on Mars, we're waiting for the first flight. Well, I'm Mark Seddon and I'm joined by Lerv Elbasuni, who's uh, not in a spacecraft, he's in Los Angeles. He's uh, come to join us here at Palestine Deep Dive. It's absolutely fantastic to have you, we're delighted. And congratulations for your fantastic achievement and that of your team at NASA. You transfixed the world uh, you haven't yet, yet shown us life on Mars, but that may yet be coming. But Louis, uh, we're fascinated to know about your story. Um, you're from Gaza. Uh, you're working in the United States. You've, you've done all sorts of things in your life. I think you started off making pizzas. I mean, you've turned your hand to everything, but you always wanted to do what you've just done. So tell us, what's, how did you get there? I mean, you know, I, I came to the United States to go to college to, uh, to study uh, electrical engineering, which is something that was a passion to me since I was a young kid. I mean, I, so, uh, you know, and, you know, my dad always kind of like was pushing me, you know, we have to all study, you know, he wanted all of us to be doctors, but, you know, here with three of us turned to be electrical engineer and one doctor. And so, but, you know, so, I mean, I always, you know, I can, so I, you know, had a really rough time in college. I mean, I had to do a lot of different jobs, you know, I mean, you know, delivering pizza, working in restaurants and, you know, like getting my, I got my bachelor and my master's degree in electrical engineering. And from there, I mean, I worked in, in, in the field of like, I worked with General Electric, like one of my first couple of univers like I, jobs out of college. And from there, my kind of focus on electric cars and, and, and alternative energy and different mode of transportation, which got me into electric airplanes and eventually landed to work on the Mars helicopter. Well, I mean, to some people, this would be quite an American story in a way, um, because you got to America, you've achieved what you've achieved, the most extraordinary things that you've done in your life. Um, uh, and in common with so many people who've come from America, you left a place where it was actually very difficult. Um, However, when we're talking about Gaza, it's more than just very difficult because uh, it's, it is the case that, for instance, it's very difficult to leave Gaza. Uh, there's still not a proper airport. Uh, Gaza, every five years or so, gets flattened and then rebuilt again with the most appalling human suffering that goes on. You, what was your, tell us about your early days in Gaza um, and, you know, the struggle to be educated, I guess. I mean, did you go to an UNRWA school? I mean, tell us how it was at the beginning. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I'm from, you know, Beit Hanun. Uh, you know, I mean, all the schools were UNRWA schools. So, I'm actually, I grew up, um, I mean, I grew up in Gaza, you know, I mean, after the age of six. You know, I remember the first day I moved into Gaza, like I walk in the street and, you know, running to an Israeli jeep and everybody's running away hiding this was before the first intifada and then i kind of like when i was in this fourth grade the first intifada started and you know i mean kind of was a really difficult experience at the time because 
you know, a lot of days we did not even go to school. So, I mean, our school was like shut down or, you know, I mean, I remember in my middle school, I mean, our school was like suspended for like a couple months, you know, and then like, you know, growing up through the first Gulf War, you know, I mean, the same time like school was closed. So, I mean, a lot of time you had to study on your own, you know, I mean, we had to like, it's almost like homeschooling, but my dad was too busy in the hospital. I mean, he's a surgeon, so, <laughs> you know, so it's like, you know, I haven't even... Sometimes I ask my dad some questions, but a lot of time we had to like really self-educate, you know, and and from there, you know, I finished, I mean, going through all of, you know, from, you know, NATO on through the, the peace, you know, through the Oslo Peace Accord. And so there were a little bit changes when I first, before I left, came to the United States in 1998. So, I mean, it was a little bit kind of peacetime. I went and visited Gaza for like the year 2000, which is, you know, the last time I've been there. Um, but I mean, it, it was it was really difficult. Where it's like you know, in terms of like the getting access to the education. I mean, I did go to an school from grade one to grade nine. Um, so I mean, I mean, I mean, we had good teachers, you know. I mean, mm. I mean do, have you? I mean, is your family still in Gaza? Many members of your family still there? I mean, my extended family is. I mean, currently, my parents live in Germany. Uh, my my brother I have a brother in Turkey and a brother in 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 Germany he's a doctor and, and I have a brother here in the United States but it's interesting that uh, you didn't follow your into your father's profession uh, you went off in a completely different direction I suppose but it, in a way I suppose there's a I also think there's there's probably a correlation in a way I mean uh, your your surgery is directed to uh, electronically so uh, it's been it's been an, but what do your what do your family think about uh, your work for NASA and, and this extraordinary achievement of being part of that project that landed this craft on Mars? I mean, my dad is really, I mean, my both of my parents are really, really very proud. I mean, everybody, even my extended family is really proud. I mean, I don't know if you've seen any of the pictures of like people celebrating in Gaza. It's like, I think there was more celebration of the perseverance than <laughs> there is in the United States. I mean, everybody's really kind of excited. Uh, I mean, so I mean that's I mean it's it's really amazing. I mean the fact that I mean my parents always proud of us that you know I mean all of us kind of finished I mean engineering school and you know my oldest brother is an orthopedic surgeon in Germany. So yeah, definitely my dad is proud. I mean yes, he wanted us all to be doctors, you know, and surgeon. But uh, I mean he had a really rough time living like being a surgeon in Gaza, working all the time. You know I mean he would work around the clock. You know I mean. You know, there's always case is things. I mean, he saved many lives. So I mean, like to me, I saw that I didn't really want to be. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to really live in the surgical operation room. So I mean, that's the reason I was like, and I loved electronics. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, when when you, I mean, how old were you when you actually left Gaza? I was 19 years old. And did when when you left to study in the states, did you think that you go? be going back at some stage to live did you think it was just a short period you were going off to america or did you think this is it i'm off so i'm, I'm going to there's there's something different i'm going to do with my life i may, may obviously go back and visit but i'm not going to be in gaza anymore no i mean honestly i mean i uh i always thought i'm gonna just go study and then maybe go back uh i mean maybe you like you know go back and forth you know but you know it's like just you know, be able to help out, you know, with the situation. Because I mean, it was like back then it was a little bit different. So, I mean, things change as like, you know, the situation kept getting worse and worse. 
in Gaza, but so I mean, like, you know, and then I had to really find, you know, decide, you know, I mean, it's like, I mean, I really, it's not, it's not like I have a choice, you know, I mean, it's like, it's mm-hmm. kind of impossible to get into Gaza. So, I mean, you know, I had to really kind of just build myself here. So did you, did you have to establish yourself independently in America? I'm just intrigued because I just know how difficult it is um, in America very often uh, to, to, to get health care, to get education. Everything is so expensive. You have to have money. Um, so did you find it quite difficult uh, to, 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 to follow your dreams there? Or, or did you find that the doors were being opened to you and that actually once you've got your foot in the door, off you went. No, I mean, this is I, a lot of time, I think is a misconception. I mean, United States is, I mean, it's a great country. I mean, in the same time, you offer a great opportunity to people willing to take the opportunity. You know, I mean, if you don't really work hard, if you don't do things, you'll end up a homeless guy on the street. I mean, that's why we have this problem here. Uh, I mean, so, I mean, in many cases, I mean, I didn't have it. I didn't really have health insurance. You know, I was a student where like I was get sick and I wouldn't even be able to afford to see a doctor. I mean, you know, I've just been many months where I'm like, you know, I mean, if I didn't really live for a really nice landlord who would like wait a couple months for me to pay the rent, I would have been one of these homeless people. I mean, you know, so I, I've been through a lot of these things. I mean, in the city, you just have to have determination. Like, you know, you want to really achieve your goal. I mean, my goal was like, you know, my dad wanted me to finish college, you know, and, and this is really was kind of like, I mean, I wanted to honor him because he was helping me with it. So, I mean, I was like, you know, I fought so hard to finish, you know, getting my ma- my bachelor and getting my master. And I, even after that, I was like, you know, always planning to continue. It was almost like I was studying computer science. I mean, I studied halfway in my master for computer science, but I didn't really finish because I got a job. But so. Well, that's it, you see, it's a great because your electrical engineering, you could have gone into anything, I guess. I mean, this is not my field at all. So you just have to bear with me, I suppose. But I mean, you could have gone into any field of electrical engineering, but you ended up at NASA. How, how did you get to NASA? I mean, did, did, they, did you write to them? Did they hear about you? Is there a, is a particular skill set? They thought this is the guy we need? So let me kind of explain a little bit. I mean, honestly, I, I always wanted to make a difference. So, I mean, I, I believe that, you know, you, to be to change something in the world, you need to be part of the change or you need to change. So, I mean, I mean, I, I have really strong beliefs that, you know, like we needed to change the environment, you know, I mean, and to change, you know, things in the environment, our dependent on oils and things like that, that, you know, I, I really wanted to work on alternative energy. So early on from college, I mean, I worked, I mean, I was really focused. I wasn't really focusing on the easiest job. So, I mean, like just to get any, any, any job as an electrical engineer. So I already worked with like, you know, some companies like trying to do gas efficiency on cars. And then actually I worked on general electric on electric vehicle for the industrial side, you know, and then on wind energy at the same time, I used to work with, you know, GE wind and which is part of GE, like GE Motors. So after that, I mean, I kind of like continued to work on a lot. I worked on several startups in electric vehicles. And in around 2012, you know, I mean, the electric vehicle industry kind of like, you know, that was like, you know, the first startup really, like they kind of died off. So, and I, and I was like, okay, I mean, I can work on electric airplane because seem there's, there is more funding that way because, you know, there is government used to it. So I, ended, I worked with a local company here that actually worked in the electric vehicle that won the contract with NASA. 
uh, you know, so, and I was working part of that company. So the, the helicopter was a joint development. So, you know, I mean, I mean, I worked with JPL. I mean, I worked with NASA. I didn't work directly for NASA. You know, I mean, even though I had the option and offer from them afterwards to go <laughs> for them. Uh, so, you know, so, I mean, this is kind of really the, 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 the and this is how I really got, got, kind of got into it. So tell us about the team of people you were working with. Mm. I mean, what? Yeah, so, I mean, there were like two different teams in the helicopter. There was the, the, the outside team, you know, we were like actually developed the aircraft, uh, you know, I mean, we, we, you know, uh, and we developed the motor motor controller and the entire aircraft body. And then there was the, the team, we worked at JPL, which is, you know, developed the, the software and the computer, which is basically the, the box in the bottom. And, you know, so, I mean, we were in a very close relation, you know, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of challenges from early on, because I mean, we, this is really like a, almost a mission impossible, I would say, um, project was in the beginning, just like an idea that, I mean, had some small hopes even to be onto the, you know, to actually go as part of the perseverance to Mars, because, you know, I mean, you know, to fly on Mars is actually really difficult. Uh, I mean, our teams, you know, was, Pretty small team originally. I mean, uh, and as the as the project grew and got more funding, you know, from NASA, you know, we actually the team kind of grew. So uh, from early on, I was like the electrical lead on the team. So I mean, like there were not that many electrical engineers. Uh, mostly, it just was me, you know, and then like you know the other mechanicals and other kind of engineers and aerospace engineers. Um, and I mean, can you give us some idea of what? you're hoping for uh, to come back from Mars, what material is going to be picked up and transferred? What, what, what do you think we're going to, to learn? Um, you know, that, we, 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 that we'd never, we, we might have dreamt about uh, a few years ago, but now becomes a possibility because of this mm -hmm. extraordinary work. I mean, one, I mean, there's like a, two different parts. I mean, the, the rover basically is the fifth rover. So there is a little bit more capability on this rover versus the older one. And then there's the helicopter. So I focus on the helicopter. I mean, the helicopter actually, this will be the first aircraft ever fly outside of Earth and will actually fly in a very low air density. I mean, the air density is about 1% of Earth. So, I mean, that's by itself is almost like to me, it's like the right brother moment. You know, it's like the first flight on another planet. Uh, so, I mean, by learning, by actually, by achieving that, now we learn that we have capability to fly on Mars or even possibly another planet, which means like in future mission, we could send like, you know, like instead of we sending a rover, we could, we could, you know, NASA could send like a helicopter. Yeah. Another side, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, most of the mission, like a lot of people, like sometimes I think they're already think like we in a human trying to like we go live in Mars. But I mean, a lot of time like studying like space is basically studying the past and the future in the same time. So it's give us so much information about the past and the future. And that actually also help us in many things from like, you know, physics, you know, I mean, because like you like you validating experiment we have done based on theory and earth. We understand that in physics and other aspect is like we end up by understanding the past of Mars you know, can actually help us to understand the future of Earth. You know, it's like what really happened on Mars, you know, I mean, especially now with like global climate shifts, you know, I mean, changes, you know, I mean, things like that, you know, I mean, we could actually that help us to under, better understand our planet. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, uh, yeah, the lessons from Mars, maybe one day we will learn it was uh, environmental reasons 
or warfare reasons, or all the terrible things that humanity is doing to itself and to the environment mm -hmm. could have could have happened on Mars. We just don't know. But I'm intrigued when I was just listening to you there about the helicopter and the rover. So mm -hmm. tell me, can the helicopter stays there permanently on Mars and it can it can it can move the rover around to different parts of the planet? Is is that the idea or is it just just have a a role at the beginning and, and at the end? No, so I mean, so the helicopter is basically a technology demonstrator. So it's supposed to really demonstrate the technology. It is a possibility of flight. I think it's scheduled for about five flight. I mean, the first flight is only gonna do an airlift about like 10 feet or three meters uh, roughly. And so, and then, but the thing is the rover is like, it's on the mission like that similar to the rovers before it. I mean, this rover does, it does have a little bit more equipment in terms of like collecting samples like leaving the sample in certain location for future mission to collect and bring back to Earth, because that'd be the first time that's possible. And it does have like an oxidizer, which actually creates like a liquid oxygen, which could be used for actually a, for a rocket booster to be able to, you know, to come out of the Mars gravity. Uh, they will work together. So right, that, right at this moment, I mean, the helicopter is actually part of the, uh, the rover, it's like basically sitting in the belly of the rover. And at some point, once they like in the next probably month, they will probably like as you know, they determine a good location and a good you know environmental condition to drop it. It will do this first flight. You know, the rover would be at a, at a distance probably about thirty meters when that happened. Uh, you know, and to collect all these data, the helicopter does need a rover because actually it used the base station to communicate to the cell to back to Earth through the rover. So. So, I mean, this this might seem like a bit of a daft question, really, because, uh, of course, you would have been absolutely delighted when it when you realize there had been success, because so many people have said, well, this is, you know, there's a very narrow chance of success here. So mm -hmm. what was the mood? And also, um, did you have you met President Biden? Did, did you go and meet him afterwards? Has he has he spoken to you? all? <laughs> no, no, I didn't have that pleasure yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I mean, so, I mean, it's really, I mean, it's really exciting. I mean, like just to know that we have arrived to Mars and like it's the, the mission is safely landed and it's actually functional and signal of health back. Uh, I mean, I mean that it is a seven month trip. So I mean, it's like, there's a lot of like, you know, my personal thing, there's like a lot of fear uh, as it was like, you know, since the time, I mean, you know, I mean, just like launching from earth. I mean, that's the huge risk and then going through space you know, with all these shocks and vibrations and things like that, that could make anything not work. I mean, you know, I mean, there are space radiations, things like that, that affect electronics. So, I mean, the fact that it is landed and, you know, still functional, that's just like, just super exciting, you know, cause like, you know, I mean, I mean, so you like- You mentioned this, you said, you said that, um, that NASA had talked about, uh, you know, asked you to come on board to move to, to, to them. So you, you, are presumably keeping involved in this project on a day-to-day -day basis you you're you're active you're watching what are you actually doing and and do you think um at the end of it at the end of these seven months you might go and join nasa i honestly i'm, I'm on a different i'm on a different path i mean i mean if, the, if it's the right opportunity you know i mean you know possibly but i mean it's to me it's like i don't know if i want to <laughs> If I really want to do it, because like I'm actually in the path to working on a starting my own company, ah. so, you know. So I mean, yes, 
I mean, you know, not, not nothing against them, but you know, I mean, that's no, I totally get that. Well, we're more even more excited by the by the fact that you do possibly starting your own company. That's brilliant. I mean, um, I can I can see you taking the first uh, visitors to Mars. It's all very <laughs> very exciting, and I'm just um, I'm just also uh, you know, given you know you're Palestinian, you're from Gaza. There's been the most terrible suffering in Gaza, and people um, in parts of the West. And they, they don't even like talking about Palestine or Palestinians very often. They suddenly get surprised when they're reminded there are Palestinians, except we know there are millions of Palestinians. And um, so I mean, in America, but people are saying, oh, how interesting. Of course, it's yet another multinational, multi-talented group of people. But look, this guy's from Palestine. Are you getting any of that recognition? I mean, it's really, it's really the brand. I mean, I don't really talk too much, you know, about like me being Palestinian from Gaza. You know, I mean, I, you know, I kind of lay low, you know. But, uh, but I mean, I'm sure like the people like know. I mean, they know I'm a really hard worker. I mean, a lot of my friends is like, you know, like they know. I mean, I, I worked really hard to get where I am. You know, I mean, I had to do a lot of fighting. I mean, for every single stage. I mean, I could have failed many times, you know, I mean, you know, I've been, you know, I mean, I crossed the line, I had to cross back, you know, I mean, several times. So, I mean, definitely, like, the people who, like, been through it and seen it, yeah, they definitely, like, you know, like, yeah, I mean, you really have to fight a lot harder. I mean, just because mm -hmm. you're from certain place, even when you apply to jobs, I mean, yeah, they, realistically, they really cannot, like, you know, discriminate based on your background. I mean, it's against most U.S. laws. But in the same time, it's like, you know, people like sometimes, you know, just people don't know how to react because they don't really, if they don't understand the situation and things like that, they don't even know what to think. So, um, but, you know, it's, you, it's a you difficult make, situation. I'm sure you probably find yourself as something, but you probably, you didn't think this was going to happen. Maybe you don't, you know, you, you think, oh, you're reluctant to have all of this interest in you, but you, there must be lots of young people out there especially um, in Gaza and in Palestine and what have you, do look at you as being something of a role model. I think, well, wow, if he can do it, so can we. There must be a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I, mean, I do. I mean, I, I, I mentor several, a lot of different students, you know, who are like actually, and, and I say it's like, you know, I always say the same thing. It's like, you know, if you have hope, you have beliefs, you know, you just, you just need to continue create a path and continue working on it, no matter what's stopping your way. I mean, so, I mean, I do see a lot of people like believing in that, you know, I mean, I, you know, I'm, you know, I'd be glad to be a role, a role model, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, everything honestly is possible. I mean, I don't think there is, I mean, without flying on Mars is impossible, so. Yes. Well, of course, everything is possible. I and mean, we they have a, a American Palestinian Congresswoman, Rashida Tlaib, you, you met her, I think. Yes. What did she say to you? I mean, you know, I mean, she's, I mean, she's an amazing woman. I mean, <laughs> but I mean, honestly, I haven't, I haven't really spoken to her. I mean, after, but you know, I mean, I mean, I'm very big supporter of her. You know, I mean, if, if any Palestinian or even you know, Arabs or any anybody, I mean, anybody from any any place in the world, you know, I mean, they should achieve their you know goal. I mean, this is like, I mean, in a way, it is a country of opportunities. I mean. They don't really give opportunity to anybody without discrimination of their background. Uh, I mean, so. Yeah, I mean, Lloyd, I have to say, of course, um, it's just it is a, a, a fact 
not I, I won't say a sad fact, but it is a fact that for historical reasons, going back to 1776, I don't think there are any Brits who are in Congress or people with British backgrounds in Congress or the Senate or anything like that. There's been no forgiveness for the Brits. So <laughs> in just one place, there's some discrimination against the Brits, but it's probably it's probably deserved. But um, I mean, it is an extraordinary odyssey that you have been on and you're very young so there's so much more um to go so what what next for you do you think what what is the next big well can there be a bigger project and if there is a bigger project what might that be so i mean i mean i'm, I'm actually working on trying to do my own thing so i mean it might be you know i don't really cannot disclose too much right now no no no, no, you mustn't. No, but I mean, it is definitely, is definitely going to be like you know, in aerospace and the same way, like you're helping like an alternative energy, you know. So it could be possible like electric airplanes, you know, or like maybe like space program, or maybe like part of it, like you know, like we create a company that could do both. Well, I think I mean you'll probably remember this, but there was a filmmaker, Larissa Sansor, and uh, she had a film. I think it was Space Exodus, a Space Exodus in 2009. She sort of takes a bit of Stanley Kubrick and turns it around into the first Palestinian uh, into space. Um, and she had this she had this iconic line, a small step for a Palestinian, a giant leap for mankind. So do you think there could be a Palestinian into space soon? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that sounds exciting. I don't know if I would go myself, you know. <laughs> By the time we send somebody, I might be, you know, they might like they disqualify me for physical reasons, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure like, you know, I mean, I was talking to, you know, one of my, you know, my, my farther away cousin, extended cousin and his son wanted to be the first human on Mars. And he was kind of disappointed. He thought I beat him there. So I told him, no, you can do it. I mean, he's only 10, you know, so 20 years from now, you know, I think I think NASA's mission is scheduled for 2040. Uh, I mean, that's their goal. I mean, I mean, there is a possibility, you know, I mean, somebody else could be, and it could be a Palestinian. I mean, it could be anybody else, anywhere else, so. Well, look, I, I mean, we just thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, I congratulate you for all that you've achieved suggest that President Biden hurries up and has you in the team round and uh, gives you some kind of uh, great medal for all the work that you're doing, because it's not just uh, for uh, the United States, uh, uh, it's, for, it's for humankind. Um, and, uh, but especially for people back home in Palestine, uh, you know, the lives are tough. There's been a great deal of suffering. You know this more than anybody. And so for so many of them to see someone like you shining a light from on a high in your spacecraft from Mars is most fantastic thing. So good luck with whatever you do next. And thank you so much for joining us. Thank you.